Good morning, everyone. Of course, you can see I am in a cast. I had an up. For anyone who didn't, doesn't know the journey, I tore my uh, Achilles tendon in two places. So um, I am on the recovery journey. I take, go out of this cast on Tuesday this week, and then I'm in a moon boot and uh, getting back on track. I, of course, wasn't here last week, but Dieter preached a phenomenal message. Come on, if anyone heard that, let's honor him. Um, my wife and I lead the church. She is at Malkbos this morning preaching there. And then next week, we'll not only be at Tableview and Malkbos, we'll also be in Camps Bay. We're officially launching. So Matt's in Camps Bay right now. They are serving at the Cape August. We thought uh, what we'd do is we'd, we would do our first practice service last week at Camps Bay. We'd do a serving day in the community and just sort of be part of the August. And then the next week we'd launch. So, so they are there. I think we're pretty much full at the moment with booking for one service. We're hosting two services. So we're trusting to fill up two services next week in Camps Bay. So if you have friends and family in that area, why don't you invite them, pray with us. Tonight we're going to be praying for Matt and the team um, as they launch out, and we also we also um, launching another brand new song. So you guys have heard two of our new songs. We've we're launching four new songs in the season. So tonight we'll be launching another worship song tonight. So don't miss out on that. Um, and listen, we are doing our series Dangerous Prayers. And Dieter kicked it off. And, and we're trusting that, that you will start praying some prayers that not, not only bless you, but they're pretty much dangerous, not only um, for the enemy, but also uh, where you actually start living a life of faith. Okay, it's almost dangerous to apathy. It's dangerous to, to, um, to fear. It's, it's prayers that stir up faith, prayers that actually open up the windows of heaven over your life as a person, over your marriage, over the next generation. But it says in Psalm 102 verse 6, the righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. I don't know if you've ever wondered what kind of name you'd leave behind. Um, the name you'd leave behind for your children, uh, for the, the next generation, what kind of legacy you'd leave behind. Now, my surname is Khriev. So at school, I gave people a lot of grief because people, grief, come here. My dad's initials is PJ, Peter James, PJ Khriev. So he used to always say, people would say, PJ Khriev, he'd say, near Ekstarnetsur. Um, for some of you guys... Um, you get that, but I'm not going to explain that joke, but if you get it, you get it. Um, at, some, at one point they said, of course, my name's Andre, they were going to name me Andre Peter, but that, my dad said, no way, R.P. Kriev is not <laughs> going to go down, and, and that's where it would have landed me. Um, but but I don't really, I'm not really talking about your actual physical name. Um, I'm talking about the legacy you'd leave behind. Um, that a life that lifts up the name that's above all names. Um, a life that lifts up Jesus that ends up impacting the next generation. You might not have kids, but you can still have spiritual children if you decide to live a life that's generous to other people. And of course, um, Proverbs uh, 10 verse 7 says, and I don't have this up on the screen, so don't stress about that. The memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. Uh, the memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. We don't want to leave a name that's going to rot, hey? We don't want to leave a name that's got a stench. And, and maybe you feel that, that you have got a name you don't want to pass on. In a way, a legacy, a life that you don't want the next generation to live. Um, and you want to change that. I want to encourage you, you can change that. 
Jabez had a name that means he makes sorrowful. Uh, Jabez uh, brought a lot of pain in when his mom had him um, in the childbirth, and she named him He Makes Sorrowful. That was the meaning of his name. But this is the same guy who lived the honorable life and prayed a significant prayer that totally changed his life. And we want to encourage you to live a life and to pray a prayer that changes your life, a life that lifts up the name of Jesus so that you can leave a legacy that you want to leave behind for your spiritual children, for your physical children, and for this country and for this community. Now in 1 Chronicles 4, 9 to 10, it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to God, the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. So this was a man who didn't have a name he really wanted to pass on, but he started to live an honorable life lifting up the name that's above every other name. And he also then prayed a prayer that changed his life. And I wanna encourage you, if you want to live a life that's significant, that blesses other people's lives, that, that leaves a legacy, the first thing I need you to understand is that you are gonna be blessed when you decide to be a blessing. Uh, the life that is truly blessed is the life that blesses others. If your life is seeming small, if your marriage is seeming, it seems lonely or is lonely, I have no doubt that it might be connected to the lack of generosity in your life. It says the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And you must probably living a life that is not overflowing. It's not something that you're giving away. But if you are living for yourself, there's no doubt that you'll move closer and closer to isolation and loneliness and a life that's not blessed that you cannot leave a legacy with. But if you want to leave a legacy, if you want to bless your world, you need to understand it all starts with being a blessing right now. Um, a simple way to make your life a blessing and to truly bless other people is to build what God's blessing. God's blessing the church. God's not blessing individuals on no purpose. God blesses on purpose. God makes you on purpose in your mother's womb. He knits you together. He makes you on purpose for a purpose. And his purpose is to build his kingdom. And the way he's building his kingdom is the church. Uh, um, listen, people don't need to get into a church to be saved. Just because you're sitting here doesn't make you a Christian. Like you sleeping in your garage will not make you a car. But the church is still the only vehicle that carries the message of the gospel in its fullness. The church is the picture of the body of Christ. And the scripture says he's coming back for his church. Jesus said that he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Church, Jesus is building his church. Um, studies show that the church is still reaching more people on Sundays than any other day. More people get saved on a Sunday. Why? Because the church gathers. There's a unity. There's a teamwork. There's a linking of hands. And so it's still the most significant way to reach your world is to link hands with your church. Yes, you need to be a blessing to your world because the church preps you. It preps you on Sunday to go out on Monday to Saturday to be a blessing. But the most significant day of the church is still Sunday. 
all around the world. Why? Because people who don't know Jesus knows that we gather on a Sunday. <laughs> and they know that we gather around 8.30 or 9 or 10. It knows. All around the world, people know that the church gets. That's why so the most people are still being reached on a Sunday. I encourage you to build what God is building. God is blessing His church. God is coming back for His church. God is building a church that's unstoppable. If you lift the church up, it says at the end times, the church will be like the, the highest point in the community. People will flock to it. When the church has its great day, people will flock to it. But if you push the church down, the church is a seed. If you try to crush the church, you just put it in the ground and it multiplies. The, the blood of the martyrs creates momentum for the church because the ground cries out with the blood of the martyrs saying, Jesus is the Savior. You understand, the church is unstoppable. You either lift it up and people come towards it or you knock it down and it multiplies. But nothing will ever stop the church. Don't get intimidated when, the, when governments come against the church. It's most probably the church's season to fast track. Every time the church was persecuted, the church um, scattered and more churches were planted. Don't get scared of persecution, but do pray for the leadership of the land so it will go well with the church, that the church will be released to preach the gospel. That's what the, we get taught in scripture. But what I'm trying to tell you is, if you want to live a blessed life, you need to build what's blessed. You need to build what can be, where it can grow no matter what the season, and that's the church. It can be grown, can grow as it's elevated and be grown as it's crushed. It can grow in any season. But if you don't link yourself with it, you're not linking yourself with what God is building. So if you want to live a life of le a legacy and uh, uh, leave something great behind for the next generation, why don't you build something that will stand the test of time? The church of Jesus Christ. So Jabez, even though his name means pain and uh, makes sorrowful, says, God, will you bless me? And I encourage you to also pray that prayer. He says in 1 Chronicles 4 verse 10, oh, that you would bless me. That's his first request. And he's asking God to bless him, to be better equipped so that he can be a blessing. Anytime that you wanna experience more blessing in your life, you need to understand whatever can't get through you, can't get to you. Whatever can't get through you, can't get to you. If blessings can't flow through your life, they can't come into your life. God will not do you a disservice and give you something that will stagnate your life or hurt your life. God will not give you more money if it's gonna cause you to get divorced because you're so fixated on money, you neglect your family. But if He can bless you to, so it can get through you, He will open up the windows of heaven. You know, God wants to bless you in many ways. I still think the greatest blessing in your life is salvation, it's not money. Whenever I tithe, I ask God, even as I honor you with this tithe, will you bless me? How? By seeing, I wanna see my daughters serve you all the days of their life. I wanna see them marrying godly men and, and these men to bring the best out of them. I wanna see my marriage flourish. I wanna see my wife serve you all the days of life. I would like to serve you all the days of my life. By your grace, will you let me do this? Can this be the biggest blessing that comes from my giving? I don't know what you're praying for, are you praying for a lower level of blessing? Are you just praying for material things that will fade away? It says money will be blown away before you know it. Or are you praying for something that's eternal? But when we are praying for blessing, we need to know what the greatest blessing is. And even as we know it, that's the thing we need to bring into our world. But James 4 verse 2 to 3 says, you do not have because you do not ask. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. 
so this scripture actually says, you don't have because you don't ask, um, you, you're sort of second guessing in your asking. But the main reason you don't have is because you ask for your own pleasure. But if you want to receive what you ask for, it needs to be for the blessing of others. You need to know that you've been blessed to be a blessing. Um, Psalm 18 verse 35 says, You give me your shield of victory and your right hand sustains me. You stoop down to make me great. God wants to make you great. But the greatest life is a life that's a great blessing. Great, a great life isn't a life that is celebrated online. It's a life that is a blessing to others. It's not a life that uh, puts attention on self. It's a life that actually puts attention on Jesus. That's the greatest life. Um, you and I would never design for fame. If you do live to make your life famous, there'll be a season where the weight will become too much and you'll be crushed. You've never been designed to have a light shine on you, but you have been designed to reflect a light on Jesus. You've been designed to make Jesus famous, never to push yourself up. And so again, we see the life that we're supposed to live is a life that reflects the glory of God. It's a life that gives him, uh, makes him famous. It's a life that is blessed to be a blessing. That's the life you and I have been called to live. And a great life, the, God that, the life that, that God calls great is a life that's a great blessing. Genesis 12 verse 2, I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. The most dangerous prayer you can pray against the kingdom of darkness is that God would bless you so you can be a blessing. That's the greatest legacy. One day when you die, the only thing you'll be able to take with you is people. So why don't you be a blessing to people so that they can also see the love of God? The next thing Jabez prays for is for influence. 1 Chronicles 4 verse 10, enlarge my territory. He doesn't want territory to be enlarged just for his own name, for his own glory. He wants territory to be enlarged so that his influence will grow. We need to understand that God saves you with somebody else in mind. God puts you on the street you're living in right now with somebody else in mind. God puts you in the city of Cape Town with somebody else in mind. God places you in the job you're in right now with somebody else in mind. If we are not trusting for, well, here's the thing. If we're not committed to people around us and where God's placed us, we can't ask God for influence. I believe that if we aren't committed, we will be hit and run Christians. We will think that the gospel is there just to bash people in a second. Turn around, turn or burn, bro. Hey, get yourself sorted. Cheers, eh? <laughs> For me, I believe that we need to be so committed to people, we don't mind first letting them see our actions before they hear our words. We don't mind that they're gonna see us over months and weeks. They're gonna see that we actually are really Christians. It's not just word service, lips, words from our lips, but our hearts aren't committed. God can only give people who are fully committed great influence. But if we aren't committed to serving people around us and the gospel, then we can't ask God to enlarge our territory because God only enlarges the territory of the stewards. And we see that in the parable of the talents. The one who kept his stuff but wasn't a steward of it couldn't get more. But God will entrust those who are faithful with more, those who care for what God's given them with more. Are you caring about the people who live on your street 
Are you caring about the people you work with? Are you actually praying for the people in your community? Or are you so disconnected to your community? Um, are you living, you know what I mean? Uh, like a commitment, uh, just, well, not even a life that's not committed, an encased life. Well, I'm not gonna be committed, just in case I have to move. I believe the most freed life is a committed life. But, but the, the life that's not free is the life of the uncommitted. Uh, they're not committed to relationships, to friendships. Uh, they're not committed to their workplace. And then they wonder why they can't get a promotion in that place. Well, God sees the lack of commitment, so He can't promote what's not committed. You know what I mean? Like, um, you're just trying to use that business. You're not trying to bless that business. You don't believe you're there to be a blessing. You're there to just get. And so, so you even say about your boss, well, well, look at my boss. Look what he gets. See, the thing is, you can't get what they got. Why? Because they got a high level of commitment. There's a high level of honor. And so if, if you want to see, experience the blessing, you also need to be committed. And because every bit of work you and I do is unto the Lord. You say, no, but my boy, no, no, it's unto the Lord. Whatever job you're doing is unto the Lord. That's what the Bible teaches us. And so even where you're living and you're serving your street, I pray for my street. So funny, I've got a guy, he's not a Christian, drives past me, like, he swears like a trooper, and then, like, if, I actually enjoy him, even though, you know what I mean? He's a very funny guy. And then one day he finds out I'm a pastor, because I'm, I'm just there telling him I'm praying for his business. Really, yeah. He stops, go, hey, bro, you that dude who works at the church, eh? The one day, like, he realized, he says, I stopped in there once, bro. I came in with shorts, bro. I said, cool, bro, you come in shorts, as long as you don't come in speedo. You come in shorts, bro. And, and so the next day, a few days later, he drives by, he says, you know, my street's blessed. I told my, told my friend my street's blessed. I said, oh, why? He says, because there's a, there's a pastor on the street. <laughs> I said, and I'm praying for the street. He says, I know it. <laughs> I'm committed to my street. He's got a blessing on his street. Do your, are your people blessed? Not that they need to know that you're praying for them, but I'm asking, is your street blessed? When I go to bed, I pray over all the houses around me. God, pray for protection on all these homes. See, I, don't, I, I take territory. I just keep taking territory. God, will you increase my territory? Well, people who pray have got greater authority in what they've been blessed with. You see, if you're not praying for your family, why are you, wondering, why are you second guessing the authority you have? You know what I mean? These, boy, these people bring a boy to Jesus and they say, we can't get this demon out. He says, well, this only comes out through prayer and fasting. Don't think you're gonna have authority over the enemy, but you've got no prayer life. You know what I mean? Are you praying for your street? See, I've got an authority in my street. Now, I know it can sound a bit super spiritual because I pray for my street. So God entrusts me with the street. When God looks down on the street I live in, he goes, there's a house that that guy's committed to the street. I'm gonna give him authority. I'm gonna give him influence in the street. I'm gonna get people to go to knock on his door. You know, in my previous street, we moved out a house. We, we helped that street. You know how many times we'd have knocks on the door? Hey, six-year-old died, crying. Can you pray for me? I think we're gonna get a divorce. I said, come in, let's pray. They're still married. He didn't have anyone else to knock on. Why? My door, God said, go to that door. That guy's taking authority. That guy's taking responsibility for the street. He's praying for his street. You can go knock on his door. Can people knock on your door? Before I came to church, I worked in marketing for, for well, it was about 24 months, this business. It took about 12 months. It was so funny because they knew I was a Christian, but I never shoved down this road. I just, I said, I'll pray for you, I'll pray for you. I even remember bringing worship. We wrote a lot of worship albums and I played worship. I said, 
They said, let's bring your stuff. I said, we're recording. I'll bring it, play. And I'd, pr- I'd play it. And, they, and they'd go, you know what, Andre, that is good. They'd like swear there. But they'd do it on purpose because they didn't want to say they're enjoying the worship music. So, so they didn't want to say, like they saw one of me Maynos. But you know, 12 months later, they all, when no one's in the office, Brew, can you pray for me? I said, yeah. God's given me authority in this office because I'm praying for it. If you don't have an authority in your workplace, I can guarantee you, go look at your prayer life in that area. You'll see the lack of authority because of the lack of prayer. I encourage you, you're losing authority at home and that's not to lord it over people. Authority is given to serve people. If you're losing authority, it's connected to your prayer life. He says, will you give me more territory? Will you see me as a faithful servant who's willing to put my hand up and take more responsibility for these people? Will you increase my territory? I'm gonna pray for them. I'll be there for them. So when I I started as a youth pastor, I understood that I need to be fully committed to them. I thought teenagers need a massive commitment. And so um, two years in, we were doing outreaches and the youth was growing. I was about 23, 24. And um, this I, I was, at that point, we, we won music awards and, and, and we were singing, we were traveling even overseas and that at, at different points, like it would just be like a two, three week trip. And then um, I got a call, said, hey, um, do you want to sing in our band? You, you, they'd won an American music award for gospel and I'd be the preacher in the band in front, the front singing. It was a perfect gig, think about it. I could have been the ultimate hit and run Christian. I didn't know, I didn't have to take any responsibility for the places I was touring. I could just live my own life. And, and not that people aren't called to that, you hear me, I'm not, but I need to understand. As soon as I put the phone down, I realized you made a commitment to these teenagers. You, you, you said before God, you're gonna be committed to them. They need somebody to be committed. And I got hold of them and I said, uh, I've made a commitment to the teenagers already in this area. And I don't know who else has made one yet. I can't leave until other people make one. And so I ended up being a youth pastor for 10 years. But don't expect God to bless you, use you, and give you great influence if you're not greatly committed. And so Jabez says, will you increase my territory? You're saying, God, I'm gonna take massive responsibility for these people. And I encourage you, as you take responsibility for your children, for your marriage, um, you're gonna see God do the miraculous. The third thing is he said, he prayed for God's presence. 1 Chronicles 4 verse 10, let your hand be with me. And what I've learned is if you want to have influence and if you want to be relevant You need the presence of God in your life. You don't need to be trendy to be relevant. You need to be anointed to be relevant. You understand? Because here's the deal. I can be trendy, but I'm not gonna be able to help you with your demons. But if I'm anointed, I can tell your demons to go. You understand? And you don't need me to hug you with your demon. Hey, well, go, go, demon. You mean, well, the devil you know, then the devil you don't. You, You need me to actually have an anointing, the presence of God, in Jesus' name, get away. That's me. You need the same thing on your life. You need the presence of God on your life as a husband, as a business owner. That's why we pray and fast every year, 21 days. Because Jesus, this only comes out through prayer and fasting. Don't, Don't neglect pushing into the presence of God. It's one of the most significant prayers. The the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
But God comes to bring life and life to the full in His presence is life. And, and what I've learned is in God's presence, there's freedom. If you bring a lot of rules to your children without the presence of God, you're not gonna give them freedom. You're gonna give them religion. You're gonna put a chain around their neck that they can never fulfill. They can never live out. But if you give them God's word in the presence of God with wisdom, you're gonna release your children and your children will be confident. And that's one of the things that I've realized that, that I should never throw away my confidence. And I find my confidence comes from the, being the presence of God. And J.B. says, don't let your hand ever be with me. I love it where, um, where Moses is allowed to go in the promised land. And, and then God says, but I won't go with you. And Moses says to him, it's in Exodus 33, verse 15, 17. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Moses said to him, I'd rather live in a desert with your presence than in a promise without your presence. Here's the thing, your blessing on your life without God's presence is not a blessing. You know your finances without God's presence on it is not blessed. Your job without God's presence on it is not blessed. Your marriage without God's presence on it is not blessed. My children need God's blessing. And what happens is when we have God's presence, God's blessing, there's a confidence. And, and what I've learned is my children, one of the things I will always be very strong on is I'm always trying to pick up how confident my girls are. I don't want them to throw away their confidence. As soon as I see that they lose confidence, I don't sort of give them, I just hype them up. I'm not into that. that that's, you're setting them up for disaster. You are the best at this and this and this. It's like then you send them to, to sing at idols and they crap. Anyway. You know what I mean? Like, you get the story? My mom said I could sing. No, you know, no, no, don't go talk junk to your kids. But I'm trying to stir up a godly confidence. I do not let them get into a place where the enemy can steal their confidence. But I promise you, the only way I stay there is I need to be in his presence. Because I can sense his presence and sense his strength. And it's how, how, do, you under, how do you identify fake, fake banknotes? you touch real banknotes all the time. How do you identify the enemy's plan? You live in God's plan. I can identify the enemy's tactics against my kids because I try to stay in God's plans for my life. And, and I try to protect their confidence. I encourage you, are you letting your wife throw away her confidence? Are you letting your husband throw away his confidence? Are you letting your colleagues throw away their confidence? Or as soon as they said, hey, I wanna let you know that's not of God. God loves you. He's got a plan for you. Can I pray for you? But, but I try to stir that up and protect my girl's confidence. Can I have the worship team up? Or just keys. Jeremiah 17, verse seven to eight. They don't have it on the screen, but listen to this. It says, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Blessed are those. They trust in the Lord. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by heat or worried about long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. You know, when my, my children need to eat some wisdom, it needs to be on my life. I keep trusting God. 
they need me not to be in a dry season and not that I don't go through seasons where I feel there's a drought, but I stay rooted in God. I stay in God's presence. It's like, you know, the, 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 the door that's, that's, that needs a bit of H, you know what I mean? Whatever, what's, what's that? I mean, everyone's saying their brand. You guys are all trying to market. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Hairspray. <laughs> you spray on the door, all of a sudden that it's not squeaking anymore. <laughs> Thank you for that. These guys all work for that company. You know? <laughs> They're all gay. But, but all of a sudden, the squeak is gone. God opens a door that no man can shut. Satan wants to close, no, no, God, you can't close that door. You just keep opening confidence doors, God's will, God's plans. God made you on purpose. That's a lie. That's not what God says. You're awesome. You're loved. You understand? You just keep opening that up because you're in God's presence. So you keep pouring that, that Q20 onto the door. Hey, no more squeak. Come on. I don't know if your children are squeaking through life, your marriage, your, your, your partner, your business colleagues, they're just crawling through life. But you just Q20. Come on. Can stand up to your feet. Take your mat and walk. God's got a plan for you. Come on. You're only going to be able to do that in God's presence. So God, will you be with me all the days of my life? I need to see your plans. I'm not going to look at the enemy's plans. I'm going to look at God's plans for my life. Come on. Are you praying some dangerous prayers? God, will you be with me? And then God's protection is to keep me from harm. 1 Peter 5 says, the devil is roaring, is like a roaring lion seeking who he may, whom he may devour. See, there's the thing, I know the devil wants to devour. So every morning I get up, I've told you this. Every morning I pray a version of the Lord's Prayer. But first of all, I pray over all. I bring all the names. I bring my family, all my, my family's names, and I bring you guys. So I do every morning, I pray for you guys. Then I pray the Lord's Prayer. Then I submit to God, I resist the devil, and you'll flee it. I stand up with the armor of God on behalf of all you guys. I intercede. It's, it's standing the gap for you. I'm not saying you mustn't do this. <laughs> because well, Andre's doing it. You know, I'm saying you need to do it. And then I pray that God would bless you. I pray the Jabez prayer of your life. Increase Terry, widen your 10 bucks, keep you from harm so you have no pain. And then after that, I get more specific around Leanne and my girls. And so when Leanne goes to work, she's going to work blessed. She drives here to the office or whatever. When my girls go to school, they go to school blessed. When they come home from school, they come home from school blessed. I, I drive to the office, I drive blessed, go home blessed. I pray every day. See, I don't live by chance. I don't think the enemy is as powerful as, say, um, as I don't think the enemy is as powerful as Jesus, but I know he wants to trip me up. So I cut him off by his legs every morning. I bind him and I loose the blessings of God. I know God's got it. And so Jabez said, will you bless me? Increase my territory. Will you, will you give me influence? Will you be with me? And will you keep me from harm? And, and so my children carry on building because they, they might not have the best, always have the best days, but they have days they can build, protect their confidence. I'm leaving a legacy. Teach them how to pray. Pray them every morning. Are you praying dangerous prayers? What I mean by that? Dangerous prayers to the enemy's plans. Are you praying prayers? Are you setting your family up, your marriage, your colleagues to be blessed? You need to start praying some big prayers. 
Do you guys want to quickly stand? We're going to quickly pray the prayer of Jabez. And if you want to pray this prayer, why don't you trust with me? Let's pray together. Oh God, will you bless me? Will you enlarge my territory? Will you be with me everywhere that I go? And will you keep me from harm so I'll not experience any pain? I pray this for me, for my marriage, for my children, for my colleagues, for my community, for the city. In Jesus' name, amen. You wanna look up quickly? Listen, maybe you haven't put your trust in the Lord. I said it in Jeremiah 17 verse seven, blessed are those who trust in the Lord who've made the Lord their hope and their confidence. What is your hope and confidence in if you pass away? Is it in Jesus? Do you say to me, Andre, I'll ask Jesus to forgive me of all my sins so that one day when I die, I go straight to heaven. I've asked Jesus to lead me to be the Lord of my life. That's where my hope and confidence is, Andre. If that isn't where your hope and confidence is, I'd encourage you to put your hope and confidence in Jesus. To, re, to confess that you're a sinner and receive the forgiveness of Jesus. But giving your life to Jesus isn't only about receiving the forgiveness of Jesus. It's also about putting Him first place in your life. Jesus has only ever come first. He's never come third. He's never come second. He's never come fourth. If He's not at the top of your list, He's not on your list. And it means He's not Lord of your life. Getting saved is receiving forgiveness and making Jesus the Lord of your life. If you wanna do that this morning, I would love to lead you in a prayer. The Bible says as you pray this prayer, as you confess and, and, and give Him your heart that you'll for, receive forgiveness and make Him the Lord of your life. With every eye closed, if that's you and you wanna do that right now, I'm gonna count to three and all you need to do is give me a wave. Pop your hand up and wave. So that's me. One, God loves you so much. Two, today's the day of salvation. You have to wait one more day. Three, pop your hand up if that's you. Say, Andre, I need to make Him the Lord of my life. I wanna, He's not first in my life. I, I wanna give Him my life. If that's you, just give me a wave. Let me see it with every eye closed. The Bible says, as we acknowledge Christ before others, He'll acknowledge us before our Father in heaven. Maybe you need to, you know, you're far from God. Today, you need to come back to Him. If that's you and you wanna put your trust in Him, receive the forgiveness, put Him first in your life, just give me a wave, anyone. If I've missed your hand, just give me a wave. Say, Andre, that's me. Awesome. Let's pray together. Let's pray as a family. Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. Thank you, Jesus, that you're the Savior. I'm asking you today to forgive me of all my sin. And I also want to make you the Lord of my life. I want to put you first. I confess with my mouth that you are the Son of God. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead because of this confession and this belief, the Bible says that I'm saved, I'm changed, and I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's just thank Jesus in this place. Guys, tonight we're gonna to be praying for Matt um, before we launch Campspan next week. We're also doing a new worship song. We'd love for you to join us. Don't miss out next week. Um, I'm gonna be preaching again on Dangerous Prayers. And we're also gonna be celebrating as we launch Campspan. This will be a phenomenal week. Have a blessed Sunday. So good to see you guys. God bless.